So welcome to this week's episode of Thrive, your agency resource. I am really excited because I have Hillary Viner with me today. She's the founder of Viner and Partners and interim CEO of the Genius 100 Foundation. Today, she's going to share her evolution story with us, which is really inspiring to me. Um, I know it's going to be inspiring to a lot of you who, after last year, you're maybe starting to think, what do I actually want to do? Do I maybe want to think about some kind of purpose-driven pivot? That's what we're going to talk about today. So, Hillary, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to talk to you again. Thank you. This is really exciting for me to be able to talk to you today. It's so fun to share our stories, right? Um you know, after I'm sure you do a lot of interviews like I do, and you know, you're kind of telling your story. And I feel like in some ways, it doesn't get old, right? Because you learn different ways to tell it. Mm -hmm. um, And some of those things land with people and they they're really inspiring, or they really resonate pretty deeply. So I want to know a little bit more about um, your story from the standpoint of I feel like your background, from what I know, is that you've always had this blend of like, commerce and conscious awareness, right? Um, But what were the circumstances that kind of led you to enable you to like pivot at the end of uh, 2020? Well, the circumstances kind of bubbled up. Um, And I think, you know, you know, I've talked about this offline before that, you know, in kind of seeking, you know, all of us are always seeking the what's next, even if whether it's overt or kind of quietly or you're always thinking, if I didn't do this, what would I do? And sometimes you don't really have the time to explore that. Mm-hmm. And in this past um, year, there's been so many, so much around us that has changed and so many other people seeking out answers. So this pivot for me um, into, you know, kind of the interim CEO role and a nonprofit as well as running an agency has come out of having lots of conversations, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what everyone had told me when I really want to do something with more purpose. And I always kept, which we'll probably end up talking about, half my business towards focus towards helping nonprofits and half to you know, fair commerce. But this opportunity really came out of having conversations with the people that were running the foundation and needed kind of new vision, new leadership mm-hmm. as you know things have evolved from you know a very steady, good growth economy to a very weird time. Yeah. So um, I feel like the way that this this interim position kind of came to you mm-hmm. was, like you said, really based on like your network, your deep, meaningful relationships with people, their trust in you, all of that like accumulates. Right. And like when they needed a leader, you stepped up and it wasn't even a decision for you. No. But for most people, there's fear, right? Like there's fear when it comes to making a change, especially a pretty big change, like the one that you've made. Um, So why do you think, why do you think that is? Like what holds people back from kind of breaking out of their comfort zone and getting to that next level? Oh, there's a lot of things. I mean, I think, you know, one of it's certainly for for many, many people is financial, right? Like you Mm -hmm. think about, you know, the, the, um, circumstances that you set yourself up in and you work so hard for. And I think, again, we've talked about this before that you, most of us are very focused on what's the next thing. How do you build the next part of your career? How do you stay in this particular track? Mm. And I think a lot of people, you know, myself included, get in a trap. I thought that, you know, being in the agency world, I worked my way up, ended up becoming president of one, et cetera, et cetera, starting my own. And you just stay in that, you know, agency model. 
And then you're like, okay, I'm at, I'm at this place where I'm in you know, senior leadership and I have my own team, et cetera. There's nothing else. Right. And I think all of a sudden, if you start to have conversations and say there is something else, then it's giving yourself the permission to um, let go of that really tight grip that you have. Yeah. And I think, that, but that's difficult. I mean, I'm not saying that it was easy for me to see, but if you let yourself see it, you can see that there's opportunities that you can use your experience and your value in other ways. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so true. I mean, I definitely resonate with that. Having owned an agency for 14 years and then feeling like, is this all there is? You know, like, how can I leverage my my expertise, my passion, mm-hmm. like all of those things and like have greater impact and have more fulfillment, right? Like, that's kind of where where we're all going. I feel like um, if you think about it, the way that you and I talk about it sometimes mm-hmm. is like, what was fulfilling to you as a leader or as a person, as an individual five years ago is definitely not the same as what it is now, right? So thinking about this, this um, next iteration or this next chapter yeah. about, you know, in the context of it's not the last thing that you're going to do. It's just no. the next thing that you're going to do, right? Yes. Like having that mindset super important. I also think it's really important to recognize that there, there comes a time in your career where you feel like if you're looking at it as like, I checked all these boxes, right? I'm supposed to get here. No one tells you. I think our generation of female leadership is different in that way. But at least when we were coming up, no one tells you what's on the other side of the mountain, right? right. They just You just aspire and you work and you do the long hours and you do all the difficult stuff. I know, you know, in coming up, we live through Me Too. We live through all of these things. I didn't ever really take into account that there was gender bias or any other kind of bias. I just thought I was in a tough industry and you work really hard and you work as smart as you can and you deal with as much as you can. And you keep trying to focus on, you know, eyes on the prize and keep moving forward in the best way that you can. Mm-hmm. But no one explains to you when you get, you know, you get to a certain point, there's a whole nother army with, you know, slings and arrows coming at you from the other side, right, of being in that leadership position. Mm-hmm. But it also creates a whole nother level of experience. Right. Right. I love that you use the mountain analogy um, because the, like I'm in the process of writing um, my first book. Right. And so one of, one of the the ideas that came to me was exactly this, you kind of reach this elusive summit, right. You're at the top of the mountain. And like, where do you go from there? If you're at the quote unquote top of the mountain or the perceived top of the mountain. And it is a perception. It's a perception. Right. And so like my contention in that was, it's not about reaching like another summit, it's actually about at that point, maybe diving inward, maybe like realizing that you don't need to climb another mountain. Maybe you need to go inward and realize that you are the mountain, right? Like, cause that's a whole right. nother chapter. That's a whole, you are so right on because what happens is you do get to the point where you reach inward because you say, okay, well, all of the optics of this look fantastic, right? I was just um, talking to a friend of mine the other week. Somehow we got on the conversations of percentages of females versus males in all these different ways. And when you look at percentages of female CEOs, for instance, on average, it's about 5%. Right. So you think, wow, that's really rare error and, you know, et cetera. But at the same time, it's like, well, what do you do with that? What do you do with that platform? And what does it mean to, at some point you have to say, what does it mean to me personally? Mm-hmm. I'm one person. So I have, and I have one life. And when I keep talking about this bell curve, that's my newest, you know, 
thing I keep talking about is that you know you get to a point where here you know here's the top of the bell curve and I'm you know you're like we're like right here. So what do you do once you get here and for the rest of the time you're at, at that place and forward? Because at some point you also put into how many years you've been in the industry and working and et cetera and how many what's the next half? It's to me it's I'm at the halfway point. Mm-hmm. So what's the other half look like? Yeah. Let's face it, agency life looks very different than ever before. Remote and hybrid teams need better tools to help them communicate and access files, track their time, manage client budgets, and more. If you believe that it's time to streamline things once and for all, Workamajig is the all-in-one agency management platform built to help you do just that. Head over to workamajig.com forward slash thrive to learn more. Back to the show. It's so interesting. I mean, we're kind of saying the same thing, just using mm-hmm. like different different terminology or different analogies. I feel like at this point, like, you know, we're sort of, let's call it the halfway or midpoint of COVID, uh, maybe a little bit ahead of that, who knows. Um, but this whole last year has really provided an opportunity for a lot of people to mm-hmm. go inward, right? To pause, yeah. to reflect, to look at, you know, what is my legacy, um, what, what do I want to contribute? Um, how does the rest of my career, what does that look like? Maybe I own an agency, but you know, maybe the way that I, that I lead that agency, or maybe our, um, I don't know, our philanthropic efforts are look a little different as we go mm-hmm. forward, whatever the situation may be. I just feel like this has been such an opportunity for us to really look at things from a completely different perspective because we had that time. Was that sort of the same thing that you were seeing on your end? Um, I think opportunity is the key word in all in your, in your explanation. Um, I think it's a lot of it is the way that you perceive things as well mm-hmm. and giving yourself the opportunity to perceive things differently and to make a different reality for yourself because mm-hmm. If you were, like I said, on that track and your track got derailed for any one of a variety of reasons, at this point, the opportunity is to, to see what you, what you can do with everything that you've learned and all the knowledge that you've accumulated and to not discount yourself because of the environment that we're in. Right, right. You know, really, it's actually taking, I think it's been a great moment for people to, if they can, take stock of what they've already done. Yeah. And figure out within that huge amount of work and hours and time and effort, what are those things that made you the most happy? Because the things that have made you the most happy are the things that you're the best at. Right. It's right. like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? It's like that, you know, positive reinforcement. But it's kind of true at this point. I, mean, yeah. I, I spend a lot of time mentoring and I always talk about that where, you know, what is the most fulfilling? What are you getting the best positive response out of? Is it really the way you can shine? And I think it's a good time to, if you can, take a break and look at what's made you shine and what's made you happy because that's what's going to be the most beneficial to everyone around you and yourself. Yeah. I'm curious to know what impact it's had on you personally mm-hmm. um, with this kind of purpose-driven pivot. Like, What impact has it had on you personally to take over this interim CEO role and become a mentor? Like, How does, how does that change you? Um, it has been, I mean, it's still in, you know, it's still in the semi beginning phases, but it's, uh, definitely, you know, the beginning of anything, it looks one way and then you get under the covers or under the hood or whatever those terms are. And it's, wow, it's totally different. Right. 
So I think um, how it's changed me is you use the same skill sets. The, the skill sets that we've learned in the agency world are so, and I don't want to be self-aggrandizing from agency world point of view, but if you came up from the, you know, in the big agencies and you, you have enormous war chest, tool chest of skills mm-hmm. because you genuinely live with your head on a swivel every day. You never know what's coming next. You never know who's, what's going to change, how it's going to change, how you're going to. So that elasticity and that kind of sharpness of being able to operate under those circumstances is enormously beneficial when coming into a new organization that has a lot of, you know, there were certain things that were done very differently than I would have set them up or done them. And then there were other things that I was like, oh, well, that's interesting learning how this works. So it's really um, kind of blending my business background. I think a business, someone with a business background and creative background that goes into a nonprofit is a a tremendous advantage. Mm. So um, it's, it's been really interesting because I'm also now kind of setting a new course for how the, you know, the organization operates as a, because every not every nonprofit is also trying it's revenue at the end of the day, revenue is revenue. Revenue is revenue. Yeah. Right. So there's just different ways of explaining it. It's a different language, but it's, you know, it's applying that to a different type of entity. Yeah. 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 This is, it's so great. So as we start to wrap up, I'm curious also, like what's been your biggest takeaway from the whole process of, of, the pivoting and stepping into sort of your next uh, level of leadership? Um, I think it's, well, there's a couple of things. I think one is, you know, to see, I'm used to working in a global brand capacity and to, to now step into a global philanthropic capacity is extraordinarily eye-opening mm. of hearing people's stories from different parts of the world and the impact that they want to make and what drives them to do it. And that collection of information is so powerful and so motivating. That is a key difference in when you're working with a brand, when they are truly looking at revenue, they're truly looking at profitability. They're truly looking at sales. When you look at something from, you know, from the point of view where I sit now, I still have the, the agency still up and running and that's going. But when you look at it from purely from an impact standpoint of how you can actually help other people and how you have the ability to do that, um, it's extraordinarily rewarding in a different way than it is from a purely, you know, business for profit way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're actually seeing a ton of change from that perspective, right? Like the brands are leaning in more. They realize mm-hmm. that consumer demand means that they have to have, you know, some type of um, give back initiative and not just for PR sake, but like to actually change their impact on the world, their mm-hmm. carbon footprint, you know, whatever the case may be, whatever their, um, their causes, right? Um and maybe it's not an or, maybe it's not people or planet, maybe it's both, hopefully it's both. But I think that that's, that's the direction that, that almost everything is going in. I mean, I see that with my mm-hmm. agency clients. I'm sure that you see that with your agency clients. Absolutely. You know, so that gives me a lot of hope, right? Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting because it's, you know, this is just coming from the other side of it. 
and you know to just like you said to hear from different parts you know we also get very I think kind of stuck in our geographies in a way mm. and to see this from a truly you know every day instead of you know talking to different clients in different parts of the world or different I'm talking to different people that are you know running these incredible nonprofits in different parts of the world starting my day off you know yesterday you know with people in Bahrain and the day before it's someone in Afghanistan and that you know but these are people that are actually grassroots doing things that are yeah. making incredible um, humanitarian education and you know change yeah and it's so commendable just I, I feel you know blessed to just be in the room to even hear to be on the inside track of what's possible yeah yeah it's so. it's really such a beautiful evolution. Um, so I want to thank you for sharing it with us, and uh, really wish you all the success in the in the new role. Thank you so much. This episode has been brought to you by Workamajig, the number one creative agency management software. Show notes at thrive.workamajig.com. Find out how your creative agency can become more productive and more profitable. Schedule your demo at thrive.workamajig.com.